regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. Public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. I'm your host, Stanley Hudson. I have some bad news for everybody. Captain Reverso, Brian Stelter, and we're on NPR today. That's a first. For, I, think, I think it's a first for the show. Yes, it is. And all this time, we've never been on NPR, to my recollection. Brian Stelter to depart CNN as it cancels Reliable Sources Media Show. God, how are we going to go on living our lives? <laughs> so they, Mark Dice on YouTube has a phenomenal impression. Like, because I, I never listened to uh, Brian Stelter. I'd seen I'd seen stuff that he had said, but I actually had never seen him speak because I can't bear to look at his chubby, idiotic, bald, moronic-looking, horn-rimmed face. And so he does this impression, and it, it's actually extremely accurate. This dude's probably a pedophile too. He has that look about him. Well, who said that? Whenever all the other, when there was a mass exodus of firings from CNN, I said about three months ago he would be next. Boom, roasted. CNN is canceling its Sunday media affairs show Reliable Sources and host Brian Stelter is departing the network, Stelter tells NPR. In a statement to NPR, Stelter says he's grateful for the show and his team's examination of the media, truth, and the stories that shape our world. Hmm. Stelter says he's grateful for the show and his team's examination of the media, truth, and the stories. You can omit the truth from that statement. It was a rare privilege to lead a weekly show focused on the press at a time when it has never been more consequential, Stelter said, promising to say more on Sunday's show. It's final episode. Good riddance. Speaking of Mark Dice, he had, he had actually posted on True Social, and I thought it was a pretty good one. Speaking of Mark Dice and his good impression, he did a uh, post on Truth, and this is his take, because he had a, he screenshotted a post from James Rosen, who's now on Newsmax, and here's Mark Dice's comment. Imagine wishing someone well who's called you a Nazi for the last six years and wants you dead. Rosen is formerly a Fox, now on Newsmax. This kind of cowardice is what got us to the point where our country has been all but destroyed. Couldn't agree more. James Rosen's comment that he's referencing. I never met or communicated with Brian Stelter. Never posted about him. Still, he took gratuitous swipes at me on Twitter. And still, I wish him well following his departure from CNN. He is a smart man and will land on his feet, hopefully leaving behind the gratuitous swipes. <sighs> Again, I think there's, I can't really add too much to what Mark Dice said. But I hope he lands on his feet in the bread line, which probably won't be good for him either because he's really fat. He's, he can't subsist on just bread. So, uh, government cheese. Cookie dough ice cream. Hey, come on now. Yeah, so good rinse to Brian Stelter. I don't know what that guy's going to do. Do we need to have a moment of silence on the show? <laughs> no. No, he wouldn't want a moment of silence, dude. He'd, he'd want us to uh, raise a glass of Crisco. <laughs> I bet that's what he bleeds if you cut him. So anyways, um, ever since this, and, and I'm, I've tried to think of a concise way to, to do this, and I'm not ultra privy and smooth to the way all this transpired, but when the movie 2000 Mules came out, Greg Phillips, who was the guy that with the beard, 
that uh, was kind of explaining the uh, the geolocation data. And we'd played the, the clips on here. He'd made some cryptic references to, to information they had discovered that was going to blow the lid off 2,000 mules. Um, and again, so kind of bear with me as I wade through this because there's a lot of information. The way they've done this, it would, to, to the uninitiated, it would, and even myself, because I am uninitiated to at least some degree, seems confusing. And there's a whole lot of moving parts and legalities as to why they, they, they did what they did, but they just had a symposium of sorts that they called the pit. So, and again, I wasn't quite sure because so many people were posting about this, but they held this meeting to discuss what, what they're doing moving forward to fight election fraud and what, they, they, and they aired all this over the internet, except for the description of what they had found. And so their methodology behind disseminating that information is going to be through individual, what they refer to as open source, private investigate, investigative like journalist types, basically people like us that, that run YouTube channels, podcasts, to try to get this information out there and there's a a lot of these people because obviously it's true social is a hotbed for this stuff and so a lot of the the stuff is taking place on there you're seeing a lot of this information there that's where a lot of it is kind of centralized and so there's a whole lot of different ones that i want that and so reverso was complaining about all the emails i sent in it is because i was trying to sift through because there's none of them that are bad these people are posted that were there that attended or posting like they're supposed to when they were asked to by Greg Phillips and the, the team at True the Vote to post the information and do research on their own to try to establish some of the connections that they haven't made yet. So basically what their discovery equated to is what I've long since suspected in more realms than just election fraud is that China has their hand all off in our, unfair, in our affairs, including our election matters. To what degree they don't know, they took what they had found to the, I want to say the field office, the FBI field office in Dallas, I think is what he said. They were all about it. Like they, they were um, excited to find the information, I guess, until it went up the chain, I'm assuming to Washington where it got quelled and then they were legally threatened. So it was squashed. Greg Phillips was legally threatened and true the vote. Correct. How so? Let's, that leads me to this. Uh, I don't know. I want to say, like, uh, I, I I can't recollect if he's even said what the exact accusation was. So I, I don't want to say. And, again, it's a lot of cloak and dagger, clandestine behavior. And I get it. Like, if I was in his shoes and I, and I was holding this ball, because so many people on that social media platform, because he's pretty active on there, are demanding this information well, you said you were going to do this. Where is it? And if I'm him, like, hey, I, I came up with this. And, and maybe he shouldn't have said what he, you know, as soon as he said it. He, you would have to surmise that people would be demanding that information repetitiously. And, and that's exactly what happened. But I, the things changed. And I want to say when he first said that, they were getting good feedback from that field office. And then things changed is what I believe happened. Yeah. Which has far greater implications, obviously, as far as the depth of this problem. It's, 
So why do you think something like this would happen? Why would the FBI be covering up for for the Chinese infiltrating our electoral system? I want to answer that question with a question. Uh, Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy on her staff or driver for potentially decades, if I remember right. Eric Swalwell, also in California, by the way, sleeping with a Chinese spy. Yeah. Zero repercussions, by the way. Um, Mitch McConnell's married to a Chinese national. Mark Zuckerberg is. It's an infiltration process, in my opinion. I've said this for a long time. I think a lot of things that we see socially, they, they, they can focus and fixate down to very localized school board, school boards, you, you name it. They can fixate on anybody. And so I'm going to list off some stuff that, that people, there is so much information about this that, that's just now coming out that people are finding. There's no possible way I could cover it all in here. And then no, who wants to hear, listen to me read all evening? And so all that to say, I distilled it down as far as to kind of bring people up to speed I narrowed it down to this one in uh, Substack, and there's plenty more. And again, I'll name those people. So if you're not active on True Social and you're curious about this, that's the place to be if you want to start to see what's going on with that. And so th- this is, like I said, this is Ann Magazine Substack, and Sam Faddis is the, the person that wrote this. And the headline is, The FBI Covering for Chinese Attacks on Our Electoral System. Over the, And the, again, this is just the, kind of the, the most brief summation that I, that I could find painted in layman's terms because there's a ton of information, a ton of connection, a ton of companies, a ton of people, a ton of methods that are being discussed, and all that's going to get fleshed out the way that that True the Vote wanted it to. And this is the best method they could come up with to do this. This is what they felt was the best and safest way. So over the weekend in Arizona, at an event sponsored by True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips presented some explosive new information they advise that True the Vote has uncovered evidence suggesting a U.S.-based firm might be working with the Chinese Communist Party and providing access to sensitive election-related data. More importantly, perhaps, Engelbrecht and Phillips reported that the FBI was now pressuring True the Vote to back off on their investigation and suggesting the organization might end up being targeted for having acquired the information on a potential national security threat. So there's the answer to your question. Yeah. Once upon a time, I would likely have found these allegations incredible. Not anymore. The company at the heart of this controversy is Connect, which is based in Michigan. It bills itself as providing software solution for election managers. Quote, at Connect, election logistics software is all we do. From Connect's first client partnership with the city of Detroit to 32 clients we currently work with in North America, our founder and president, Eugene Yu, has implemented a client-centered approach. We listen to what you need in a system and will configure and customize our products so that you receive the exact solution you need. And that's one of the things when I first, when they mentioned that company, I looked at the company myself and it was talking about all these customizable this and that and the other. How much customization do you need to, for something that I picked this one? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, and so you could sit there and try to conflate it. Oh, well, we need this, that, and the other. No, this is a very simple process. I select this. That's it. Yeah. And so the malfeasance is is the end goal. Corruption and manipulation is the end goal. When you When you start to make things muddy the waters and and make it more complex. With more complexity comes more ability for cheating, for corruption. There's no point in it. And what would I know? <laughs> like, I just don't, I can't reconcile that there would be a reason 
to overcomplicate what is a very, very, should be an extremely simple process that's been going on since basically the dawn of man. Yeah. To, to, if there's any type of election, boom, I choose this. Pretty simple. And by the time you get to a general election, is one is this one or this one? I, I, that one. But we need all this customizable software that, and it gets way, way better slash worse. One of the products Connick has created is called Poll Chief. It bills itself as an election management system. According to Engelbrecht and Phillips, Poll Chief helps jurisdictions enroll and manage election workers. In the process, it requires the input of a tremendous amount of data about these election workers and their duties. All of that information is then collected and stored by Connick. Per the information provided by Engelbrecht and Phillips, all of that information is then stored on three servers which physically reside in China. Why in the world would it reside in China? As China is a communist nation under the control of a totalitarian government, that means all of that data is accessible to and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Poll Chief is described in a promotional literature as, quote, a data warehouse that organizes communications and logistical details for polling places, precincts, workers, assets, whatever that word means, drayage, and help desk. It sucks up data and stores it. True the Vote reported all this to the FBI many, many months ago. An investigation was apparently opened by counterintelligence agents at the FBI's Detroit field, field office, so I said Dallas, it was Detroit, who recognized immediately that there were potentially enormous national security implications to having the CCP in possession of the information collected by Connick. At some point, however, FBI headquarters got involved, interest in the investigation waned, and ultimately Phillips and Engelbrecht say they were threatened by the FBI, which now seemed more interested in how they had acquired the information than protecting our elections from foreign influence and control. Connick is owned by a gentleman named Eugene Yu. Information on the internet appears to show that Yu was born in Korea, but is a Chinese national. He has been in the United States for many years, and to date, and magazine has not required any derogatory information on Yu. One of his employees, however, is a different matter. The guy who built and it appears runs Poll Chief is a fellow named Wang Zhang. Wang is apparently a Chinese national. Prior to coming to Connect, Wang was a member of the Chinese Students and Scholars Association at the University of New Mexico. In fact, Wang ran their website for the organization. The CSSA, the Chinese Students and Scholars Association, very bad news. That's the Chinese Students and Scholars Association. And kind of what I was alluding to earlier is how they have influence. It's, th it's through these types of organizations that they're able to exert influence, influence at a localized level. And so it affects more than just this. Like, they have tentacles and everything. And it's not just people, you know, from China. There's, there's all sorts of lobbying firms and people that are trying to ma manipulate things that operate through organizations such as this. The CSSA is a part of what is known as the Chinese United Front. This is a whole-of-government effort on the part of Beijing to subvert American institutions and further China's goal of becoming the dominant power on the planet. This is not conjecture. Multiple independent reports by, by private institutions and the United States government have reached this conclusion over the course of many years. Quote, according to the United States-China Economic and Security Review Commission, USCC, China uses what it calls United Front Worked to co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the policies and authority of its ruling Chinese Communist Party. The CCP delegates this mission to its United Front Work Department, which according to the USCC, has extensive foreign influence. The United Front Work Department conducts overseas Chinese work in which it employs Chinese organizations and individuals to advocate for Chinese governmental interests. According to the USCC, this is done in a manner that is hard to trace directly to the CCP so that accusations of misconduct can be dismissed as racial prejudice. And again, you see these tactics. They're somewhat 
they're applicable to more than just this scenario. And again, that's how they conflate things is, oh, that's, that's racist. If you, you know, uh-huh. so the more you read about it, the more you start to establish and see those commonalities and those connections of the United Front Work affiliated organizations mentioned by the USCC, Chinese students and scholars associations pose what is arguably the greatest threat to American colleges. CSSA's connection to the Chinese government often involve financial ties. Foreign policies report found that CSSAs frequently take money directly from Chinese embassies and consulates. Through the monetary trail can be difficult to trace at many universities. Three CSSA members told Foreign Policy that in some cases, the consulate deposits the money directly into the personal account of the CSSA treasurer or other officer rather than the official CSSA account. This prevents universities from monitoring the financial activities of these organizations. In addition to funding, ties indicating supervision of CSSAs by the Chinese embassy or consulate have also been documented, raising serious concerns about the organization's operational independence. The nature of these ties appears to involve direct subordination and political direction rather than mere affiliation or cooperation. For example, in a promotional video from 2017, the president of the George Washington University CSSA explicitly says the CSSA is directed by the Chinese embassy and, quote, works with the embassy. Chow, how would you say that? No idea. Yazoo. I, I mean, because the X is a Z. So we'll just say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save my terrible Chinese impression. Yeah. Yazoo, like the I mean, frosty that's how, malted beverage. Hey, look, man, I'm just a redneck. Founder and editor of ChinaChange.org, a civil society activist website, asserted that all CSSAs are funded by the Chinese government. Chen Yongling claims most CSSAs are installed by the Chinese government and noted that the constitution of the Southwestern CSSA, a coalition comprising 26 CSSAs in California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Hawaii, According to its website, it says the Chinese consulate in Los Angeles must approve all Southwestern CSSA presidential candidates. In short, the guy who it appears is at the heart of the problem uncovered by True the Vote came to his current position from an organization that is controlled directly and funded by the Chinese Communist Party and directly connected to Chinese intelligence. That would seem to be a very big deal considering the sensitivity of the information Poll Chief collects and the fact that it is reportedly being piped directly back to Communist China. One wonders, then, why the FBI would not recognize that fact and act decisively to prevent this from continuing. Are we looking at incompetence and bureaucratic inertia or something worse? Is the FBI covering for Chinese attacks on our electoral system? Believe it or not, that was the most brief brief one, I think, the most concise. But that is obviously just the tip of the iceberg. So, and listen, I would implore anybody... Because if, if you don't have an iPhone, you can use your, because that's what Reverso does. You use your browser for Truth Social. Um, and now some of these people have sub stacks. On, uh, and we've had, we spoke about, Kano- I think you would say Kan- Kanakoa the Great, K A N C K O A the Great. They have a sub stack, but they're, they're very active on there. And they, they've got a ton of good information. They've done already, on this particular subject, they've already done a ton of research. And, they're great on other subjects too. That person's already dug in really deep. Greg Phillips is on there and he almost acts like an aggregate for the rest of the people doing that research. Cause he'll repost their work. That's how I found this one. And some of the others that I'd sent in true. The vote obviously is on there 
and they kind of do the same thing that Greg Phillips does as far as helping disseminate some of the, the better material. <clears throat> and not only that, truthevote.org, you can, and I think Catherine Engelbrecht is the one that runs that social media account. And so she was imploring people to go there because you can find out how to get active to, to work the polls and get involved in, in the election in your state, which we've talked about that on here before. But again, go to truthevote.org and look at that. Another one on Truth Social that's really good that had a ton of good information on this swamp drainer. So, and I know that there's a lot of people that, that listen to this that follow us on True Social. So I'm suggesting that you go check out what these people have. And then, because this has an X in it, I, Gus, I'm, I'm thinking this is pronounced, that would be pronounced Quizote, Q U I X O T E. So check them out too. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they all, all the people I just listed and more, but that was some of the, to- the top ones that had the most compelling information, but very long. Hey, and you know what? If we have mispronounced your username, contact us. Let us know. Reach out to us. For sure. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. And so there's not going to be anything quick on any of that. I do have one, five, about a five-minute video, and it kind of goes a little bit more into depth and explains some of this stuff. And again, none of this is going to be this full-fledged, completely comprehensive information that's going to wrap this up in a nice, tidy little package. And I think they'll actually mention in here, possibly, I can't recall, because I've looked at so much information on this this week, ever since they had that meeting. They see that this information is being gathered. Who's they? Who's they? The citizen journalists and True the Vote. They, okay. see that, they see that that's been collected but there's no connection to prove that it was used in a corrupt way. They haven't proven that it was used to do anything malicious. That hasn't happened. They, they have not made that connection. That's what they're trying to do is find out exactly how that information was used. So, and go fit. Like, like I said, at the beginning of this, this little segment, what purpose, because there was, there was Australia is using the same software. And again, I don't want to go too many different directions with this because, again, it's a lot of information. Let me just take that thought back. What, like you said, what would ever be the purpose of this? There, there, is, there is no benevolent purpose for this to occur no. whatsoever. You're taking a process that is, should be extremely simple, making it grotesquely overcomplicated, and then sticking your hands all kinds of where they don't belong. And again, if it wasn't for them, how would we ever know this? Which is, the scary part is, is that we wouldn't have known it. The scary part is, what do we not know yet? Yeah. What is yet to come? And why is it that 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 the organizations that are supposed to prevent and protect Americans from this are not, are not doing that? And when you, I read a big piece on the, the, because they're retrying two of the, uh, quote unquote, uh, domestic terrorists from the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping case. And the information that's coming out in this second go around is staggering as far as the, the absolute corruption and really the idiocy of the way the FBI operates. It we'll get into that in a minute though. I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm trying not to go too many directions and be scatterbrained. So let's, let's listen to this video again. This is five minutes and 45 seconds. Bear with me. I think it's some decent information. Otherwise I wouldn't play it. So, and we'll kind of finish this this particular election fraud segment off with this. This party, also known as the CCP, wanted to vote in the U.S. election. Will they get away with doing so? 
The CCP has long been able to influence U.S. politics and has historically tried to co-opt both Republican and Democrat leaders. This time around, the CCP made no secret of its preference. It was determined to defeat President Trump. Right under our noses, China-backed American communists from Liberation Road, the Communist Party USA, Left Roots and San Francisco-based Chinese Progressive Association, or CPA, worked together to defeat the CCP's most feared enemy. And we have a relationship with the Chinese embassy. Like, we actually have so, you know, I've had to have various conversations with them about our positioning. Left Roots comrades Alex Tom and Adam Gold, with Liberation Road communist Michelle Foy, Sarah Jarman, and Maoist Max Elbaum, led mass voter registration organization Seed the Vote, which organized 7,000 election campaigners to sign up hundreds of thousands of minority voters in battleground states. We have to get into the electoral arena. And we have to build strength that we can be part of a coalition and help shape the nature of the electoral campaigns and the candidates who run. Seed the Vote worked with Arizona's Lucha. We were focused primarily on communities of color, and we were able to drive 8 million calls as a coalition. We were able to knock on over 1 million doors. The new Florida majority and Pennsylvania stands up, which openly takes credit for winning the state for Biden. In Nevada, the Asian Pacific Labor Alliance campaigned heavily for Biden. This organization was founded by pro-China communist Kent Wong. Michigan's Detroit action is part of the network, as is Wisconsin's block. They're getting really, 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 really close to calling Wisconsin. Um, Biden is up by 20,697 votes. Um, and in 2016, Trump carried the state by 22,748 votes. So it's almost that that margin is, is still the same amount, roughly, but just inverse. And that's due to the work that we've done. The Allied Texas Organizing Project, formerly known as Texas ACORN, is led by Communist Party USA members Bernard Sampson and Reverend James Caldwell. Communist Party USA leader John Bechtel supported the new Georgia project. In North Carolina, the Carolina Federation is led by Liberation Road Communist Sodolo Diamana. If we're going to govern society, we need to be talking to everybody and we need to be thinking about what does it take to build a majority and how do we build uh, strategies and stories that can build that majority right now. The model for this CCP influence operation is New Virginia Majority, which has built a close relationship with the state's Democrat leadership. New Virginia Majority is led by Liberation Road communist John Liss. The organization openly claims credit for flipping Virginia from Republican to Democrat by micro-targeting minority voters with sophisticated geographic information system precinct maps. These maps are generated by Liberation Road supporter Steve McClure, who works out of the Geography Department of Wuhan University, China. 
An American communist lockdown in Wuhan, China, is helping to flip Republican-held districts across the U.S. South. We were really determined to defeat Trump. Uh, we were focusing on seven states this year, and, you know, it looks like six of those uh, went to Biden. Pro-CCP communists influenced the presidential election in favor of Joe Biden. We just got to stay eyes on the prize. Now, to attacks on China and defending China, to me, the main thing is we got to get rid of Trump. Are those being registered to vote by Chinese front groups also being targeted for potential recruitment by the CCP? Foreign influence in U.S. elections is a national security issue. Consequently, it is illegal for foreign governments to be involved in any way with the American voting process. It is a crime for the Chinese Communist Party to try to pick our president. Designate the CCP a transnational criminal organization. Learn more presentdangerchina.org presentdangerchina.org and so that video <clears throat> is from November 28th 2020 and uh, man I could go on a, a, a tirade about this why would Americans even be messing with this I don't even understand why they would want to be involved because you saw when some of those people were speaking like they, uh, they're, they're self-identified Maoists they're communists at heart philosophically they're completely opposed to what we are what we've been and what we were founded as move over there and have their freedom and see what it's like well one of them was over there and see that makes you wonder when they're talking about having these sophisticated election maps and all that and they're they're storing that information there that we discussed. That seems like that potential connection they're looking for. One of those potential connections that they're probably looking for. And one of the things too, like when you see when you see the people that were speaking with the dreadlocks or with you know the dyed hair, the crazy looking people that you think is like a fringe wacko that is kind of out there by themselves and that that doesn't represent the majority of the way Americans' thought processes work, and it doesn't. But here's the problem. To say that this is what democracy looks like and keep referring to democracy, to go out, and, and this is just one manner of election rigging is the best thing you could call it. Democracy wouldn't be coercing somebody that was otherwise not going to vote to vote the way you want them to based on a false narrative. And so you saw a lot of Black Lives Matter t-shirts in there. So they're fixating on minority people that are impressionable because the media running interference by covering Black Lives Matter. So conveniently, now that, that Trump is out of office, how they're talking, we, we need him out of office, we need him out of office, and everybody with a brain knew what this was with the summer of George Floyd. This was all about creating violence and turmoil to make the country be, look like it was in complete shambles to get him out. And all of a sudden, black lives don't seem to matter anymore because, dude, you, th you think that police shootings of black people have stopped? No. No, absolutely not. They don't care again. And so... Black America, the, the portion that fell for that, which was probably a large, uh, that was a large portion of them fell for that. Y'all y'all don't seem to see this? That that problem, is, it dissipated with, with Biden taking the Oval Office. That problem has went away. It's solved. Until you get a conservative back, a, a real conservative back in there. Because that wasn't just a Democrat party. There was complicit people within the entirety of the establishment government that assisted with this. And... It's uh, 
the, and the, the point is, those wacko, crazy-looking, dyed-haired people, the, these extremists, these communists, ah, that'll never happen here. Look what they're doing. Those weirdos that, that are br- bred in these colleges that we detest, and you see on libs of TikTok and stuff like that, this, this is what they can do. This is one of the possibilities that they could. This is their specialty. Yeah. It is. And what I've said for years is, dude, while you're at work and raising your family, these people are doing this day and night. And so you see their American contact in Wuhan, China, where that database exists, providing them with these lists. Where that virus. Yeah, yeah just from. coincidentally, yeah. The, yeah. And now they're messing with the Nipah virus there. So. Yeah. Seems like everything disastrous is coming out of Wuhan. Yes. Okay. You are listening to the excellence in podcasting. That's right. Very nice. What's well, a rush reference? Because I'm a rush baby. Yeah. Okay. Excellence in broadcasting. Go for it. <laughs> you can find us on the internet at bcblpodcast.com, true social at blue collar blacklisted podcast, and you can email us info at bcblpodcast.com. Leave us a five star rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I, the the uh, listener I called out specifically last week, said, I can't you believe you called me out. I said, well, did you leave me a rating? He's like, I'm going to do it right now. He did. Really? After I talked to him today. Okay, well, call somebody else out. Who else can we call out right <laughs> I now? I don't know. I don't know. Who can we call out? Reverso, have you left a rating? No. <laughs> oh, you suck. <laughs> leave us a rating. <laughs> Give me your phone I, right I, now. Oh, what I was going to say I is. I put five stars. And, I just don't type anything. Yeah, that's all I'm asking for is a rating. Yeah. But the, uh, Don't the thing stop is, at five stars. We, uh, we just started putting videos on Rumble, and I'm putting a link in, on, on True Social. So if you know somebody that doesn't do podcasts or whatever, and they don't have like a podcast app or want to mess with podcasts, you can always send them the Rumble link too. Yeah. So we're putting every show up there. Yeah. You can also go to our website and listen. I did not know that. Uh-huh. You don't go to our website, do you? I mean, I have. It's not like it's updated with cutting-edge information. It is, it, isn't it? Yes, it is. It actually has all the show notes and everything on it. Oh, somebody was complaining, too, that now they... they Tell them to stop complaining. Yeah, really. <laughs> we, and start donating. <laughs> hey, you can donate a five-star rating, but here's the thing. He was saying that uh, they're not numeric anymore. You can't put the title, the, the number in the title anymore. I can, but iTunes was complaining about that. I wonder why. It messes up their algorithms. Blame it on iTunes, so we can't. It's it, okay. That's yeah, the, which China? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Blame the CCP. Oh, we will. Because, I can still do it because we should. Oh no, it's whatever. Will they kick us off? They won't kick us off. It'll just may just push us down. Yeah. Suppress us even more. So, hey, listen, I noticed that we're getting less uh, COVID things because COVID narrative completely yeah. fell apart this week in its entirety. Oh, yeah, I heard that, you know, all of what COVID, it, it's, uh, what what did they say? If if you they, didn't get the injection, you're the treated same. the same yes. as if you did yes. get that killer injection? At, at that time, they wanted to take your kids away, take your job, and, and all the other stuff. And, and uh, resident Biden had said, We're, we've, we've been patient long enough, and the creep in New York, what was it, de Blasio? Oh, the hamburger-eating guy? Yeah, with his spittle. Yeah. It was sick, dude. Man, that was that Episode was probably twenty-seven. Is it really? I don't know. <laughs> Sounded good. Though, that was it? one of the things that I thought the one of the most disturbing things that we've ever had on this podcast was watching that guy eat that hamburger and fries. That was absolutely disgusting. I know, especially that, when like the pickle landed on his microphone. That that guy can he can go to hell is what he can do. He's already there. <laughs> yes.
Because he's in New York. <laughs> I guarantee you, hell looks a lot like New York. No offense to anybody in New York. Hey, we do have some New York listeners, too. We're over here on the Gateway Pundit. and No way. you got to be kidding me. Yes. We love the Gateway Pundit. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announces 20 arrests for voter fraud. This is a video, so you no longer have to listen to me read for a few minutes. All right. I don't have to stammer and stumble. Speed up, slow down. Man. Through our Office uh, of Election Crimes and Security in conjunction with the attorney and FDLE, uh, the state of Florida uh, has charged and is in the process of arresting 20 individuals across the state for voter fraud. Now, now, the majority of these people illegally voted in Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade, although there are others in, in other parts of the state. These folks voted illegally in this case, and there's going to be other grounds for other prosecutions in the future. Uh, they are disqualified from voting uh, because they've been convicted of either murder or sexual assault, and they do not have the right to vote. They have been disenfranchised under Florida law, and Amendment 4 that passed specifically included people that have been convicted of sexual assault uh, and homicide from being able to have an automatic restoration uh, of, of their voting rights. So the next one is a reporter has asked him a question about the, you know, only 20. So that's that's uh, your, your next headline at up top. So DeSantis breathes fire on a reporter who got snippy after it was announced the state of Florida is prosecuting 20 individuals of voter fraud. This is on Citizens Free Press. So it's not just going to be 20 arrests. This is the opening salvo of an office that was just set up on July 1st. So before we had, before I proposed this, and this was my idea, before I proposed this, well, because people weren't getting prosecuted. But before we proposed this, there were just examples of this stuff seeming to fall through the cracks. So this is the opening salvo. This is not the sum total of 2020. Now, I do think we did do a good job. And I've said that the morning after the election. I said, you know, everyone knows the results in Florida. No one knows the results in about a dozen states. And we're all waiting. And there's ballot dumps and all this stuff. That's not the way to conduct an election. So what do you think about that? Looks like making some progress. Which they they had a relatively clean election there. Relatively clean election. So they didn't have any hanging chads down there? So if Carrie Lake wins her general election in Arizona, you can look for this type of behavior and probably a lot. She's 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 legit. So they'll be going after him there too. Like, And that's one of the things they can't, the, the establishment cannot afford for her to, to win. And do we have anything about Liz Cheney? Oh, we do. Oh, Liz? so sad. Well, hold on. We're not there yet. Pre- you you talking about the... The El Presidente? Yeah, El, El Presidente. Uh, what are you trying to say? I'm confused. And so I promise this will be the last thing that I have to read this evening that's, that's lengthy. And same thing. This... By the way, we're back on Gateway Pundit. All right. Hey, listen, dude, they're, they're legit. So the... Um, Obviously, the the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and this 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 is kind of the same thing. This was the best, most concise thing I could find that kind of embodies what I suspect all all that is about. Because obviously, last week that that was only a few days old, and still gathering all this information, and 
which everybody already knows that it's trumped up hogwash that they would even be there, but kind of what some of the moving parts are. And and let's just get into this one. Crimson Rhino and the raid on Mar-a-Lago. In May of 2022, the Michael Sussman trial was rocked by the revelation of the Crimson Rhino file. This file was the was first discussed at the Sussman trial was reportedly the basis for the investigation into the 2016 Trump campaign. And Sussman was the link between the Hillary Clinton campaign and the government agencies behind the investigations on President Trump. Crimson Rhino was the government file that formed the basis for the FBI's investigation into Donald Trump, which was the basis for accusing Trump of colluding with Russia. Doing a quick internet search of the mainstream media did not report on this revelation for some reason, but OAN did report on Crimson Rhino back during the Sussman trial in May of this year. Its origins are linked to a tech executive, Rodney Joff. Is that Joffy or? I would say Joff. Joff. Its origins are linked to tech executive Rodney Joff, who was tied to Hillary Clinton, tied to the Hillary Clinton campaign, not tied to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> That'd be horrible. It would be bad, especially if it was her cankle. <laughs> and was a confidential human source for the FBI. Joff ordered client Jared Novick, who ran a data analysis firm, to do research on several people tied to then-candidate Donald Trump. Joff also said he felt uncomfortable doing the work because he knew it was opposition research for the federal government and DNC against a political campaign. In 2013, Joff became one of the first civilians to be awarded the FBI Director's Award for Cybersecurity, according to his profile on the Forbes website. As Joe Hoft reported earlier, the motives behind the FBI's raid on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago are many. All relate to corruption on our government. None provide support for this for the raid this month on Mar-a-Lago, President Trump unclassified documents related to Russiagate, the deep state's attempted coup of the Trump administration before he left office. Attorney General Merrick Garland has so far refused to release these documents to the public. Then President Trump filed a RICO lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and several Crossfire Hurricane-affiliated officials. Crossfire Hurricane was the internal name for the Russia collusion hoax. Okay. This outraged and terrified the bad actors in the deep state. Five judges has participated in Trump's RICO case so far. According to Joe Hoft, the list of recusals on the Trump RICO suit is sizable. The first magistrate judge to be assigned recused the day after the case was filed in March of 2022. Epstein-related Judge Reinhardt was put on the case as a replacement magistrate judge in April because his predecessor had also recused. Since Reinhardt, three additional magistrate judges have recused themselves, one, two, and three. The current magistrate judge, Patrick M. Hunt, has been on the case for only about five weeks now. It's important to note that the day right before Reinhardt recused himself, June 21st of 22, the president's counsel filed an amended complaint. The original complaint was entered in March of 22. The amended complaint almost doubled the number of facts asserted in evidence. Many of the claims of facts in the amended complaint came from John Durham's court filings, which made it difficult for the plaintiffs to not to deny their validity. It was after Trump's second filing that the exodus of magistrate judges began. Following the filing of the amended complaint was a request from the U.S. Department of Justice to substitute itself as a defendant for five of the, of the original defendants, Comey, McCabe, Stroke, Lisa Page, and Kleinsmith. The request was filed on July 14, 22. This is noted in our prior post attached above. It's unheard of that the federal government would attempt to replace three fired former employees, Comey, McCabe, and Strzok, one convicted former employee, Kleinsmith, and another former FBI employee who resigned, Page. The DOJ is in, in this motion asserted that all the actors' actions 
were legitimate, including Kevin Klein's misbehavior of falsifying claims for the FISA authorization on Carter Page, which was deemed a criminal act by the courts. Note also that the whole time the DOJ knew what President Trump brought with him to Mar-a-Lago since at least February of 22. The FBI also sent someone to look into Mar-a-Lago on June 3, 2022 as well. On August 4, 2022, President Trump's team filed an opposition against Hillary Clinton's earlier motion to dismiss, dismiss the RICO complaint. Clinton claimed the president failed to state a claim. His counsel also answered in opposition to motions to dismiss four other defendants. The clustering of these events is significant because the warrant for the Mar-a-Lago raid was requested and issued on the next day, August 5, 2022. Judge Magistrate Bruce Reinhardt of Jeffrey Epstein's defense signed off on the Mar-a-Lago warrant for his U.S. District of Southern Florida 44 days after recusing himself from the RICO case against Hillary Clinton. It's also now believed that dirty cops were there at Mar-a-Lago to steal documents from the president that he declassified so they can turn them around and prevent the documents from seeing the light of day by claiming they're part of an ongoing investigation. Now we have an idea what we are looking for. In President Trump's second court filing on June 21st, 2022, in the Hillary Clinton lawsuit, the Trump team mentioned Crimson Rhino. And there's that verbiage. Go to the bottom. The information was not included in the first court filing on March 24th, 2022. The deep state raided President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago one week later. The Gateway Pundit believes the deep state is in deep panic over the Crimson Rhino revelations and inclusion in the Trump lawsuit. On August 8th, the FBI and DOJ raided Trump's home and took all of the documents. We have information that makes us believe the Crimson Rhino program was extensive and involved several U.S. government agencies. The story is developing. But, and again, I know that's long-winded, but that's that's a very good historical look at how that played out over the last, you know, just from this year. There's no way some that data is not backed up anyway. Yeah. But fascinating, isn't it, Reverso? Is I mean, he's too smart just to leave all that stuff lying around and not you see the FBI's involvement there. And so Judas made a statement this week. So let's check it out. And this is just what he had to say this week. Earlier today and elsewhere, I. I also want to remind my fellow Republicans. Can you pause we that? We can hold the. That definitely doesn't apply to me because I'm not your fellow anything. Scumbag. Sorry. Attorney General accountable for the decision that he made without attacking the rank and file law enforcement personnel at the FBI. The Republican Party is the party of law and order. Our party stands with the men and women who serve on the thin blue line at the federal and state and local level. And these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. The truth of the matter is, we need to get to the bottom of what happened. We need to let the facts play out. But more than anything else, the American people need to be reassured in the integrity of our justice system and the very appearance of a recurrence 
of politics playing a role in decisions at the Justice Department demands transparency as never before. And I will continue to call on the Attorney General and the Justice Department to make that information available to the American people and do so now. That's, that's it. So, huh, you, that's interesting. Well, you notice how with the political theater, and that's what you know, Lindsey Graham and all the stereotypical quintessential garbage politicians are great at, is dressing up their narrative in theater. So, on one hand, you know, we 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 need to examine this and find out what happened, regain people's trust. But at the same time, don't don't call to defund the FBI because that would be wrong. Just trust us that they're good. Yeah, trust you. The biggest backstabber walking the planet today, right now, currently, the, absolutely in America. You're the biggest backstabber in America at, at a minimum. <laughs> and he's calling for transparency. Mm-hmm. But but to, also to, to say that those are no different, like the rank and file, the rank and file like in the Whitmer case, the rank and file that participated at Mar-a-Lago, and the list goes on and on and on. So the rank and file that participated in Crossfire Hurricane the rank of file that participated in so many other things during the Obama years, dude. So, yeah, no. A healthy mistrust of government is is bred into the foundation of this country, dude. We're supposed to have that. And for you to sit there and say, to, to like so many other instances, declare and demand that people should suppress their natural suspicions of, of a large, bloated government, you know, this federal entity of the FBI... Oh, you have to respect the rank and file. Why? Why do we have to do that? Because there's a very big difference between the FBI and your local sheriff's office. Humongous difference. The local sheriff's office didn't do what just happened. People are upset. It's obvious why people are upset, but the hypocrisy of defund the police versus defend the... Like, nauseating. And... We're going to polish that, this little segment off. Is it is it mean to call her Miss Piggy? Because she reminds me of no, her so much. Okay. We're clear then. That was fast. We'll just play the video. It speaks for itself. And so, th- and this will tell you where, which as if you didn't already know where Mike Pence is disgusting, dirty. You can't call it loyalty because he would stab her in the back too. You got a lot of stabbing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fatback bacon. All right. We ready? Yep. One of the key figures here is obviously Mike Pence. He said this week he's willing or willing to consider testifying if he is asked. Are you going to ask him? So we've been in discussions uh, with his counsel, uh, and I didn't see his specific comments this week, but it sounds like they were pretty similar to what his counsel has been saying. and um, I think, you know, look, he played a, a critical role on January 6th. If he had succumbed to the pressure that Donald Trump was putting on him, we would have had a much worse constitutional crisis. And I think that he has clearly, as he's expressed, um, concerns about executive privilege, which, you know, I have tremendous respect. I think it's, it's you know, hugely important constitutional issue in terms of separation of powers. I believe in executive privilege. I think it matters. Um, but I also think that when the country has been through something as grave as this was, uh, everyone who has information has an obligation to step forward. So uh, I would hope that, that he will do that. So you think we'll see him here in September in this room? I would hope committee. that, well, uh, 
I would hope that he, he will understand how important it is uh, for the American people to know uh, every aspect of the truth about what happened that day. What about Trump, before you wrap up, will you ask him to testify? Um, I don't want to make any announcements about that uh, this morning. Um, so let me, just, let me just leave it there. And that's post-loss. And it's the same thing as what Pence just did. Like, oh, I respect executive privilege, but... No, you don't. Because if you did, there would be no but. Yeah. And, oh, something as grave as this. And the polling shows, and everybody knows, nobody cares about this. Nobody cares. She got a phone call from Joe Biden when she lost. And so... And the speculation, my opinion, would be... Because there's been some some discussion, not much, about her and Pence running on a ticket together, which, good God. luck. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you, which it would, obviously would never make it that far because they neither, neither would get, in my opinion, both of them would get beat as fast and soundly in primaries. They would drop out as, as quick as Kamala Harris did. In which case, the election could be stolen and they could install both of them. Yeah. And the thing is, she's made no attempts to even disguise her disdain and her, her goal of ousting Donald Trump or, or keeping Donald Trump now and her and her disgusting warmonger father and what we showed last week about keeping Donald Trump from holding office again. That's your goal. You never represented the people of Wyoming. You, you've never done your actual job. You, and I really th- think... The establishment Republicans thought they, the establishment, I think, as a whole, believed in the mainstream media's ability to continue to fool people, even in with the Biden administration in control, wrecking the country to the extent that they are. They thought that they could continue to do what they always do, and it's it's, it's really not possible. But I'm hoping since they're around the same weight that maybe Brian Stelter and Liz Cheney can maybe get a job at the same place. I don't know. Hey, they can be sumo wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> My money's on Liz Cheney, dude. Yeah. She loves a good war. We're, this is on Rumble. Bongino report, newly surfaced IRS training video breaks the internet. So we talked a little bit about this last week with a different video, and there's actually quite a few of these coming out, some old, some newer. And uh, let's just watch this real quick and see what you think. When... You say some old, some new. Does that mean they've been doing this for a while? Yeah, because even during the Obama years, when he had talked about having a national police force just as well-funded and all that, I believe this is kind of what he was making reference to, but they had bought a bunch of ammunition and guns for the IRS during the Obama years, and then they obviously bought a lot more, and now they're trying to hire 87,000 new IRS agents, to which I would submit that we should all apply for those jobs and do a really terrible job because I think it would be difficult to get fired. But say, for an example, if I, my job is to audit you, I was, oh, well, everything looks good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So these are the IRS agents being trained with the weapons. And like, so to expound on what we had last week where they showed them going into like a residential style shoot house. Now they're in like a business and these are like all new hires. So you've got a, a very eclectic array of mostly women, overweight men, um, just people that don't look like they would really 
have a gun otherwise. Weren't they supposed to be in good physical condition, though? Yeah, I wondered about that, too. But they have to arm them because they wouldn't strike fear in you if they just came knocking on your door. Dude, I don't like know. That. When you've got the full weight of the federal government behind you, man, nobody wants to talk to the IRS, dude. And I'll hold my opinion until after we watch the video. And these are like soccer moms. A guy in a wheelchair. Well, that answers my question. Take it along the wall and line up on the wall, okay? Right there's good. You can do your line up there. Where it's going first. Yeah, like that guy's not good. He doesn't need that vest. There ain't no bullet getting through that fat. All right, you guys got everybody here? All right, you're all ready? Guns out. All right, whenever you guys are ready, I said they're going to approach other people and demand, and the other people are armed. And demand their money? Demand their compliance. Are you federal agent? Freeze. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Where's that? Put your hands up. Put your hands up. It's not moving. What are you looking for? Do you have any weapons? I'm going to set the wrong place. Look at Ashley Campbell. Where's that? No, sir. Stay put. That is not Ashley Campbell. That is not Ashley Campbell. Do you see that guy's thumb on that mock clock? It's basically behind the like, bridge over the slide on the rear side. Yeah. So that woman's is as well. At least they're properly trained. No, they have no idea what they're doing. The fat guy had to go away because he couldn't breathe. And notice, dude, that, I mean, that's a very heavy-handed, you know, if, if if regular law enforcement handles a black a, a black person in the, the way that they're being trained to handle uh, somebody that's, you know. A white-collar business. Ac ac yeah. yeah, accused of some sort of a tax fraud, tax evasion, whatever. If they handled them that way, it would be... be public outcry yeah but dude like you you guys are surrounded. Be burning down buildings you had you had four on one three guns drawn on one person mm -hmm. um but my, my speculation on this is they're looking for conflict and these people there's because I, I again this is my opinion because conservatives were targeted by the IRS during the Obama years at a higher stature in society than us. So uh, conservative businesses specifically. But now I think that you're going to be seeing this with 87,000 new agents. It's obvious they're going to fixate on conservative people and conservative businesses. And I'd hate to say it, but I would, if, if they know, like they have all these people that went into the Capitol. If, if you were even at the Save America rally at the Ellipse, 
and they know that, you're getting an audit. That's what I think. I think that if you've donated to a Donald Trump's campaign, you're getting an audit. That's what it's going to look like. There's, there's no way. It has to be. That's what I think. I, I think this is, this is a, uh, a heavy hand. I mean, look, the government, this, the entirety of this administration is a heavy-handed lot of thugs. So it's not just the FBI. Look, it was, obviously the IRS is notoriously crappy, but I, I, I think that that's what that has to do with. And, and my suggestion would be if, if that ever happens, get an attorney. Dude, have a attorney on have an attorney on retainer. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, you've made it to our signature segment. This week, an idiot, cross-dressing, confused, moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job wackos. This is a short one today, by the way. Really? It is. For what? Y'all ready for this? There's not too much to break down here, so remember, folks, you can find us on the internet at bcblpodcast.com. You can email us info at bcblpodcast.com and find us on Truth Social at Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. This is always uh, lives of TikTok. And this is a short one. So uh, this is uh, how to interact with a non-binary person from one part two. So yeah, let's let's check this out. And it's got is that a like a brass knuckle pattern nose ring? Wow, that's classy. Binary person from one part two. If you get our pronouns wrong or our name wrong, we expect you to stop the sentence, apologize, change what you said, and then continue. Don't do it any other way. <laughs> I expect you to kiss my ass. And I know this is number two, and uh, I don't even care what's number one because you can kiss my ass. That's too true for radio. And all you can't sing about it, they'll show you the door. Because Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show, but that's too true for 